0: right okay guys welcome back to teen muscle radio and episode number 18 so we've had again a bit of a brief pause in between episodes but i think with it coming to the end of the bodybuilding season it's people are sort of shifting onto different things schedules are changing and it's a bit difficult to get people on but i'm very happy to be joined by my friend emma today so emma walsh Um, So before I sort of go into the questions, Emma, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience and give yourself a bit of background?
1: Hello. Uh, Yeah, my name is Emma Walsh. I am originally from Belfast. I've lived in Liverpool for about eight years. I'm a figure competitor, which is how I kind of know AJ. And um, I, ooh, what do I do? I'm a, a wholesale manager for a supplement company called PNI Supplements. I'm also one half of the duo that is, hey, <laughs> uh, one half of the duo that is AM Performance. Um, we are based in Liverpool as well, obviously. And um, I started competing in May 2015. Um, And, yeah, that was my first competitive season. Second one is the one that's just coming to a close now, 2060.
0: Okay, cool. How old are you, Emma, as well?
1: I am... Why do you have to ask that? (laughs)
0: 21
1: plus (laughs) 6. I'm
0: 27. Yeah, you can't believe that, though, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, Cool, okay, so, yeah, really interesting introduction. Do a very similar thing to to me as well, like, obviously, with the coaching, etc., and got another job on the side, which is really cool. So you're very, very busy, which is obviously a lot of girls will relate to that when sort of trying to get into the gym and training. So this will be very informative. So just to go over sort of briefly before we get into things, what we're going to go over so people can hang around, et cetera, for, for the different topics. So we're going to go over a little bit as to how Emma's got into training um, and then also just touching on her twenty sixteen contest prep, how she uh, structured it, um, difficult phases, etc. Her training and nutrition. Um, so, if you want to find out about a bit, bit more about bodybuilding prep for a female, then that will be um, very good for you. And also, we'll just sort of round up as to Emma's advice for sort of females getting initially into the gym and common mistakes made. Um, so, if you're a relatively new female to the gym, then hanging around for for the end part of the podcast will probably be beneficial. Um, for you. Um, so yeah, without further ado, Emma, um, just give us a bit of an idea as to sort of how things all began in terms of your uh, weight training career um, and how you initially got into the gym.
1: Okay, so um, I had a bit of a, a rubbish relationship with health, fitness, kind of all of it um, growing up. I, as I'm sure a lot of guys will relate to, had issues of terrible relationship with food, um, that kind of developed into an eating disorder at certain points, and then went back and forth between different diets, that kind of thing. And exercise to me was always something that was it, its sole purpose was to get rid of food. That's that's the, all it was. Um, so I used to torture myself with cardio classes and this and you know the boot camps, that kind of thing. And I didn't have a clue. Um, but i then kind of one one of the really good things that came out of having an eating disorder and that kind of bad relationship with food i try and look at the silver lining which was that i learned so much about nutrition Mm -hmm. and i just kind of it became like obviously in a very unhealthy way an obsession Um, but i kind of learned a lot because i didn't just follow a diet i learned how things are processed by the body that kind of thing so then I continued to go to the gym and tried to work on my relationship with food a little bit and um, and that started massively improving and i but I still hated the gym and then one day, instead of going to my usual whatever it was class, some ridiculous legs bones and thumbs or whatever, <laughs> I went to the body pump um okay. and no one ever believes me when I say that's genuinely what got me into weight training. I went to a body pump class and I was like, "Oh, weights, what are these?" <laughs> um, and we squatted, but we, we didn't
0: squat. Really we squatted.
1: Squat. <laughs> I, I thought I was squatting, um, and I was like, "I like this." And I mentioned it to a friend, who then said, "You should, you should go into the weights area if you like that." <laughs> and I like, ah. anyway, so I did, and I didn't look back. I think males and females are related to the fact that you know once you get the bug that's kind of it mm-hmm. um, and yeah I just fell in love with it and then I got Instagram and was like wow. they look
0: really cool
1: <laughs> and, I was like that. and yeah it kind of because I still love nutrition and um, that relationship kind of developed a lot more and yep. they obviously they go hand in hand so yeah I just learned a lot and mm. it,
0: interesting yeah definitely an interesting route into weight training but i'm sure that sort of the popularity and expand like expanding uh popularity of of sort of the boot camps and the classes is is definitely going to be a lot more people coming from from the sort of the classes element of things um yeah which is interesting but what age were you when you sort of got into the boot camps what how old were you when you sort of did the body pump
1: i i want to say maybe like 20 24 i think really
0: okay so quite a late entrance to to weight training
1: well that was when i discovered body pump but before that i'd been like back in my kind of eating disorder days and all of that when i was say like 16 i was kind of i was i was going to the gym and running on the treadmill for hours to burn calories so i'd always been in the gym it's just in different forms
0: I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's um that's something to note because obviously you've got quite a you know if girls will put an image of of yourself and your physique in the podcast, but you've got quite a lot of development and obviously you haven't been training for years and years and years. So it just shows that you can sort of be a late bloomer to weight training and still make great progress, um which is which is cool. So something I wanted to know also is um you know when you were growing up, were you I know that you said you did running etc to burn calories but did you sort of play any competitive sport? Did you have a competitive drive at any point in your um, sort of your your growing and when you were growing up before you did weight training?
1: Um, I've always been competitive in nature um, and I always always knew um, on some level that there was There was a channel that i could put that into Um, and i wouldn't say i was constantly running around trying to find it but i thought that i hated sport and because i associated sport with pe in school and i hated pe so um, i was like i knew that there was something because i loved the idea of kind of a a channel if you like um and probably that's where a lot of my kind of anal relationship with food kind of came from because i was like control and that kind of thing Mm. Um, whereas I knew that there was a way to do that healthily but I just hadn't found it until a lot later.
0: Okay sure yeah because a lot of people that get into bodybuilding tend to have some sort of competitive endeavor prior to it just because they feel like they need something so they get into the gym and they're like how can I have a competitive side of this it's either powerlifting or bodybuilding and there's two sort of routes but yeah interesting. Um, In terms of you're you getting into it at 24 um spending some time weight training i know that you know potentially we'll go over how optimal your training was when you started but um with uh you know being a girl with such great development now would you say that you were someone that responded to weight training fairly quickly and how how would you sort of um relay your uh, progress initially in terms of when you started seeing that you were making you know gains in terms of Uh, Muscle and um, gaining size, and to sort of give us some context on that.
1: I think probably it's something. To be completely honest, I've questioned myself because I know that you know, without saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm the best by any means, but I I have noticed that I noticed quite early. I'm I'm developing muscle and I'm developing it quickly, and I don't really know why. I think there's a number of factors. One, um, I knew about nutrition. Um, okay. And I wasn't afraid to eat. So okay. um, even as soon as I started in the gym, I think anybody who's already started training, that hunger that you get when you first squat or when you first do anything, it's like, I call it the anabolic hunger. And <laughs> You can eat everything. I could already eat everything. So make me squat, eat a little bit more. Um, i've also um again from just knowing a bit about what i was doing i've always had a high protein intake a lot of girls don't and yeah. i've now found with a lot of female clients and um, I'll, I'll say okay hit this is your protein target per day and to me it's nothing and they'll go where on earth am i gonna get that
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: there's something i've struggled with and it's only been recently i think i listened to a podcast i can't remember who it was said it now but um they said, you know, every big guy that they meet has a massive protein intake, and there's oh. got to be something in that. And um, yeah, so there's Chris that.
0: Wilson, I'm pretty sure I said that yeah, uh, it was Wilson, on the yeah. Muscle Box Radio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, we listened to the same podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. So, so you're saying that basically, you know, you, you you launched your, you already like naturally, intuitively, were eating a lot of protein
1: yeah absolutely um maybe not naturally but just from having learned the i knew what protein did i knew so um i always had it was it was always kind of like my cornerstone whereas i think a lot of girls will come to it after they address whether their carbs are low or high enough yeah Um, sure what else um i Um, early development was the fact that I didn't go in and do kind of the kickbacks and the tricep extensions and that kind of thing I walked through the squat rack I found a barbell and learned those and it was compounds and I just look back and thank god for body pump because the only reason I did that was because I knew how to use the bars I didn't know how to use
0: the the little
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, I know how to squat. Um, we did a variation in the loose term of a, a deadlift. Um, so I, yeah, I found a platform, found a squat rack, and just put as much on it as I could um, and tried to learn how to do it well. Yeah. And I think that term, obtained with nutrition, just kind of was a really good combination. I mm-hmm. think that's where I got
0: lucky yeah and that's yeah alongside genetics as well i think that you know you you, you've obviously built a lot of muscle in a relatively short period of time but i think that's probably something that a lot of females miss and they tend to sort of be almost spinning their wheels for so long in the gym purely because i think they're you know maybe fed the idea that you know it, it, females shouldn't be eating um they shouldn't be doing the the sort of the compound movements like the squats and the deadlifts and um and it's good to, it's sort of refreshing to hear that that's something you did straight away uh, rather than sort of being um you know dragged into the, the more the pumpy the, the the and you know the thing the thing with that also is like you almost you're almost learning the basics of the movement patterns and that can transfer onto the The more pumpy stuff like if you don't know how to engage your glutes on a squat or a deadlift like how do you expect to engage them on a kickback which is a relatively complex movement to do when you don't know how to just basically activate your glutes so yeah very interesting it's refreshing to see that um in terms of your sort of uh, friends family etc when you got into weight training were they um were they supportive and did they sort of initially see any of the progress that you are making and sort of say Emma you're getting too big what are you eating why are you eating all this chicken etc and, and and would you give any advice uh, for for maybe females dealing with that right now Okay
1: so I've got two brothers and um, my mom and dad um dad is totally cool with it was just like oh all right then um neither of my brothers train interestingly um so it, a lot of people go don't they find that strange that you know you're the one in the gym doing that and no they were totally cool with it and um, they'd always known me as like Emma who knows about diet so anybody who wanted to lose weight it was Emma what should we what should we not eat that kind of thing my mom oh. <laughs> and I think a lot of females will get this was horrified <laughs> <laughs> absolutely appalled um, and <laughs> think probably still is to be honest and oh, it was when I said the term bodybuilding, it was she was kind of it in a very protective way, which I'll be honest I didn't say at the time, I thought she was being a pain in the arse. Um but she she obviously had reservations because she'd seen this kind of as I was growing up, she'd seen the the really unhealthy relationship with food, the control mechanisms, all of that. She'd seen me lose a lot of weight, she'd then seen me balloon up and then diet or restrict myself to such a degree I was so unhealthy that she was terrified of that and she thought that this was and it very much could be um a kind of a way that I could get away with doing that again and go but it's bodybuilding but it's prep and um, she also when I showed her pictures of girls that I was like look how amazing she looks that's what I mean for. she was like Emma, I don't like that. That, that that's not nice um so it was kind of a little bit of mutual education over the years where I kind of said, you know, it doesn't have to be unhealthy. Um, she was also terrified that steroids were going to come into the equation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. um, obviously, for anybody listening, I'm a natural athlete um, and have reassured my mum about that <laughs> on a daily basis for the last two years. Um, yeah. yeah. You, as as you know and as probably a lot of people know when you see a picture of a competitive bodybuilder you go wow she's massive I'm 53 kilograms I don't really <laughs> want very much and I'm tiny and when I'm in clothes people think I'm minuscule and I think my mum seeing that happen was then like oh okay so you're not gonna like struggle to get through doorways
0: yeah
1: <laughs> she's educating other people about nutrition and having an approach to it that was healthy she mm-hmm. was kind of Oh well, that's that's nice. Um, but yeah, mums mums get scared.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I think actually, from mm, to relate it to myself, I don't think I I don't think either had a massive issue with it. But then again, I'm male, so I think that it's more acceptable. So it's definitely nice to hear. Um, from a female perspective how things are taken on board Um, so yeah definitely and I think that obviously the way that you dealt with it sort of going you know down the natural route being very reassuring with your parents is probably great advice to sort of females dealing with that right now and and maybe you know just just giving them the concept that you aren't going to get like massive and you know maybe maybe educating them just a little bit is probably the best idea moving forward Um, so yeah in terms of sorry Emma go ahead
1: I think when parents see that it's making you happy and that it kind of it's it's enriching your life if you and it should do if you do it the right way even though prep's hard and that kind of thing obviously it should still always add value to your life and when they see that that's happening they want what's best for you so they will kind of go along with it
0: Mm, yeah definitely agreed um so in terms of bodybuilding itself and you know i know that you competed in the am i correct in saying that the mpa was maybe your first competitive outing or was it prior to that that you competed in another federation
1: prior to that so my first was may 2015 with naba and um, i did the naba athletic figure category qualified for that yeah may 2015 qualified for naba british finals and um, the following i think it was like two weeks later um, and then took a little break for like a month and then mm-hmm. did the MPA Midlands um, okay. in August 2015. Um, okay. Came first there and then went to the finals there and then this year has been UK DFBA.
0: I see, okay. So in terms of those federations, how did you initially find out about them and would you give any sort of potential advice to to females that are looking to compete in uh any sort of federation um and how they should maybe we should tie in the question how they could possibly sort of look at their physique and think okay this is the right fit for me
1: yeah that's such a good question actually um because it's it's such a big part of it you think well i'm gonna prep and i'm gonna look great and then you go wait hi how? How, how do you compete <laughs> how does <is> everyone know and <laughs> um, there's a world of difference between different federations um I'd say, for me, NABBA is un—well, not for me. For everyone, NABBA is untested, and I competed with NABBA, um, knowing that, um, but didn't realise that the implications of that would mean that I looked quite small on stage. I think I held my own in terms of condition, but um, it, it's, it's hard—it's hard to compete in an untested federation when you are natural, especially as a female, um, and. I think that then kind of made me look towards the natural feds. Um, I would still do NABBA again. I love NABBA, um, but it was hard. Um, so then I looked towards the natural feds, and you kind of have less of a massive leap in terms of the differences between categories. So, um, you've for, to give anybody a bit of background. Some federations will have um bikini, and then I think it's body fitness, that kind of thing. I think you okay. uh, could and UKUP they have that for females and then there's ladies bodybuilding and um, the natural feds tend to have um figure I think UKDFBI now has bikini as well but there'll be yeah, figure does, yeah. and then um female bodybuilding and there might be different types of figures so there might be tone figure and then trained figure and there's a little or athletic figure there's a bit of a difference and um, tends okay. to just one condition but size wise because you can't get much um, as a female naturally there isn't as big a discrepancy so maybe have a look at first of all the natural feds i'd say stay with those um unless you're not natural in which case you've no need to <laughs> and you shouldn't obviously um so uh yeah the have a look at the feds and then maybe just look through people's instagrams that's what i did i just stalked the life out of past winners and um, mm-hmm. you can go- the websites of say, if you choose UKDFBA, go on the website, see who won last year, go and look at her profile, read the criteria, that's a really good one as well. Um, they, there isn't a single Fed that won't have on its website a breakdown of what you should look like for each class. Yep. And then also something to consider in terms of picking a federation is what you want to do on stage, because some federations, you have to do a routine. Now, I absolutely love doing a routine, and um, I think people who do it um, tend to always want to do it again because it's just like it's such a good way to express things. And um, some federations, you you won't do that; you'll just do a t walk. And um, so it's it's important to weigh up what you're comfortable doing, and um, that kind of thing, uh, poses as well. And um, I know with UK DfBA we literally just did mandatory quarter turns, and. Um, Whereas with MPA, you have your front double-by, um, basically all your bodybuilding poses, but in the figure category. Um, so just what you want to display and what past winners look like. Um, consider all your options as well. Don't rule anything out because um, you might think you'll hate a routine and then you do it and you think, wow, I love dancing on stage in a bikini. It's really fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think that was possibly the best advice you could give in terms of federations and how to pick i i think that it is a really still as a coach i still get confused like i have i have a few clients next year competing um who sort of came to me saying they want to do a bikini and in my eyes they don't look like a bikini girl they look like they've got enough muscle already for for figure um and i feel fairly comfortable making that decision but sometimes i'm like Am I right or am I wrong? Like Because there's quite a thin line sometimes between the two. Um, and I think that it's almost a little bit difficult, especially with UK DFBA now having a bikini. It's like, do I put them in for a natural show and still do bikini? Because... I'm obviously all like, I'm, I am I'm I'm all up for putting people in for natural federations and that's something that I wanted to learn from you is like, you know, what do you think the benefits of NABA are and you know, MPA and whether you'd still compete, whether it's a nice federation, etc. So it's good to hear and I think also quite recently for context, I think one of the MPA bigger girls, who came maybe second at the MPA British, actually won something in NABBA. So I think that that's um, the crossover there is. Is uh, I think she, yeah, I think she won something quite big in NABBA. So um, I think there is still quite like a decent chance in some of the um, you know uh, classes in NABBA, maybe one of the less muscular ones, um, to, to yeah. still be competitive. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. I'm sure that girls will take a lot from that. Um, in terms of your at first competition prep, um, when you got to a, a point with your physique, did, was there like a certain point where you were like, okay, I think I've got enough muscle now to compete? Um, and how would you really sort of determine that point? Because uh, I can imagine that would, could be quite difficult for a girl to do.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is, especially if you you aren't like, um, say I'd never competed before and I, I'm surrounded by so many people who do. So yeah. you have a kind of, Feedback. You've maybe been to shows that kind of thing. And um, if you've never done it before, <laughs> I say it all the time with clients. It's it, it is just kind of as harsh as you've got to see what's there. And um, think that you know if you've got shape, you can tell if you've got shape. You can Structure, progress. Yeah. Are always always a great one. And um, kind of just uh, if if you can notice quite a bit of difference, and um, then you're gonna have a, a decent chance anyway of if you start cutting back a little bit getting rid of some fact that there'll be something there yep. judge as you go and um, don't rush into it mm. do not think i've been to the gym three times it's time to prep yeah, um, i've
0: got a sponsor let's go <laughs>
1: absolutely um you know we we all know that um I guess it's a good thing that um competing is so popular now but it can be frustrating as well in that a lot of people jump into it just to get a nice shot for instagram and you run the risk of standing on stage looking really silly and mm. um so just take your time that's the rush
0: yeah. yeah definitely great advice and um i think that it's almost it's maybe potentially sometimes for females i think it depends it totally depends because there's many females out there that do get quite heavy and uh you know that's not a that's not a problem and i'm not like saying that that's an issue at all but they do it happens um but what i'm trying to say is the majority of females especially my clients Um, I see that they actually stay relatively close to a competitive stage weight. Um, And I'm not saying like they're shredded, but they are leaner generally, um, body type to body type, than males comparative to the stage weight. So I think it's almost a little easier to see, okay, right, you're almost at the point where you've got enough development to go because they're not really pushing the body weight like fairly high above where they might compete at. Whereas I'll have you know, a male come to me and, um, you know, he might've been, you know, in a, in a gaining phase for a long period of time, put on way too much fat, which you don't generally see with a female. So it's much, much more difficult for me to say, okay, you know, um, to the male client, okay, I know that you've got enough muscle to compete. Um, so I think sometimes it is easier for, for a female to assess whether she's muscular enough. Would you agree with that at all?
1: I would. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's so hard to tell because, as you say, if someone puts on a lot of weight, you don't know what's what, and it's you can unless you've got a DEXA, you're you're not really gonna know, um, and if you've never been lean before, then you have no comparison. So I know for me, the first time that I was doing it, I had progress pictures on how far I'd come, but I was going, but. It, it, it's useless information I've got no measure of whether that then means at the same body weight I'll be leaner or like that kind of thing yes I found myself doing which is a dangerous game was going okay could I be for example 20 weeks out now well let's find someone on Instagram who competes and then look and see what she looked like at 20 weeks out now okay well I'm leaner than her so I'll be ready on time and it doesn't work like that mm. I think probably your best measure is always, always, always going to be previous per- personal experience. You know how long it takes yep. you to get lean. you know what your body weight is, you know how much relatively you put on in a certain amount of time. But if you don't have that, it is just trial and error. Give yourself an open-ended prep um, if you want to see it that way, rather than start dieting and see what happens. Maybe just kind of see when you when you get the feels and go, do you know what, that looks yep. like a
0: see where we end up yeah i was definitely going to agree with that or almost say that i was like there's definitely got to be some merit in just in just doing a dieting phase like there's no rush so um in terms of just a female just diet and and you know get get relatively lean see how things are looking and then you know if if we get to a point where we see that maybe we're not potentially ready for, with enough development, then come back out, invest a little bit longer, and, and then play it like that. Like, there's, there's shows every year, you know, so people don't What's, have to rush, do they?
1: If you have, if you're kind of at the start, um, we all know um, how much we wish we could extend the whole newbie games period. You don't want to kind of price too much of that, but also I find when I first started training, The whole body recomposition thing happens to such an extent that you don't really need to focus too much on the dieting phase to see more definition and just through putting on muscle not necessarily losing fat so you'll kind of you'll kind of get a feel for things anyway if you just kind of cruise along and you don't need to rush to cutting or whatever you want to call it
0: Yeah I totally agree with that and anecdotally as well something on this topic is uh, I'd like to sort of cover the fact that when people get into the gym and compete with I've seen it even within like a six month window so they'll start the gym and then within six months they want to do a bikini show and what actually ends up happening is these people get to the point where they don't enjoy the gym anymore because they've never really enjoyed the gym just for the gym. They think yeah. that the gym is an outlet to get ready for a show, and then once the show's over, like they don't have that passion for the training. So I think you know if you agree that building a passion for training and nutrition has got to be installed before someone even thinks about doing a competitive outing because they won't see it through, or at least they won't enjoy it. And would you agree with that?
1: Agree more honestly. I th- I think it's so. Um, you know compare it to any other sport you wouldn't become a semi-professional footballer or you wouldn't you wouldn't play a competitive football match if you didn't enjoy kicking a ball about with your mates first and that's often skipped um and so i probably just because of social media and like kind of that contingent of people who will go i'll do it for a photo or instead of doing it for a photo shoot they'll go i'll do it for um a really great stage shot that I can use for ABCD um, and they kind of skip the part that goes oh hang on I really love the gym and this is kind of a secondary outcome to that Um, which is really sad because as you say they then step off stage and they're like oh, the gym is to do with that I don't want anything to do with it and they've sold themselves short on something they could have really had a passion for.
0: Yeah yeah definitely agree and that like that analogy there for with the the footballer is is spot on like that's worthy of a status that one (laughs) um uh, so be careful i might nick that one in the future (laughs) um but yeah like seriously i totally agree and um i think females will just enjoy it more like if they just invest and spend a bit more time um you know actually enjoying training and building muscle and um, enjoying that side of things, and then they'll appreciate it so much more when they when they come back down and and compete, and and they'll they'll love it. Just yeah. it's just about giving it enough time.
1: I remember thinking during my first prep, every session. Obviously, like you know, it get, it gets so tough. But even before I started prep, just when I was training, you know that high you get when you've it's probably endorphins and I don't know what else. But when you walk out the yeah, gym, yeah, yeah. You're just getting into it, and it's. It's just the best feeling in the world. And I remember thinking, God, that session was so hard, but I loved it. And then I'd see <laughs> and like people who, you know, who put themselves through prep and don't love it. And it almost makes me like massively admire them because people people will say, you know, how do you do it? How are you so disciplined? And I almost feel like a cheek in a way, because I'm like, I love it. So it, mm. even though I, it, I still love it more, but if I didn't love it and still did it like that that's next level commitment I yeah they do it I don't so it's,
0: it's sad I, I don't get it either I just I don't get it how people can do it and not love it and write a status every day about how much they're hating it and and the lead up to their competition that they're, they're literally counting down the days until it's over like can't wait for this to be over can't wait to be yeah. and it's just like just quit, like, no, like, you're not sponsored, you're not paid to do this, you're doing this for a hobby, you're, you know, you, you're you probably, you know, no ho- no offence, but you're probably not going to place well because you're not, your head's not in it, you don't love it, and it's just so irritating for me to see things like that, but I do, I do totally get what you mean, because, like, we'll go through, like, horrific times in prep, and we're, we're pushed through by the fact that we still enjoy it, and we almost take take a bit of fun out of feeling like complete rubbish but feeling yeah, like complete rubbish right. and not enjoying it it's like it's I just another it's whole nother level so
1: i i stepped off stage from it was the uk dfba qualifiers this year and um somebody who i guess i would kind of categorize in the ones who compete for the wrong reasons she competed last year just a friend um mm i stepped off stage and she texted me and said wow well done that's amazing i'm so happy for you and i went yeah and she went but more importantly than anything it's over like this was dead oh, <laughs> but i really love prep and now it's over and she just, said, and i was just thinking and i, I actually put in the status that i put up afterwards i said um you know if you step off stage and think um thank god it's over then this just isn't for you Um, it should be yeah the torture's over when can I do it
0: again I like prep I like prep I find like anecdotally as well I just I'm way more productive I'm I'm in a routine like everything's routine I get up at a certain time I go to bed at a certain time like it may sound boring but I get so much more done I'm way more productive I have uh, for majority of it I have higher energy like right now in an off season, there's plenty of days where I feel way more fatigued than the middle of a prep because I don't know, just like overeating, and you know, your body just it's the same when you get to an end of a prep, you're fatigued, it's the same when you get to a top end of an off season, your body's just not wanting to be overfed anymore. Yeah, um, so I, I really like prep,
1: I think yeah, I, I can really enjoy it. With you. It's, um, it's I'm so much more, I, the way I think of it is your body becomes so efficient at everything because it has to, it's like I must make myself really good at processing this food because I'm not getting much of it and that carries over to almost everything, you're like I have to be efficient in my training because I have a, this much energy compared to this much usually so I've got to become efficient that way and it just carries over to every aspect of your life um, and yeah I, com- I completely agree, I love prep, I love the discipline of it, I love the structure, the routine. Um, even enjoy the hunger some days. It's weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean it. Just I don't know. It it creates discipline like no other, and yeah, totally agree with the fact that sometimes prep is enjoyable, hunger is enjoyable. Um, so before we um sort of bang on for too long because we've just been talking for ages, I'd like to touch a little bit on your actual sort of contest prep. So first of all, just give us an idea as to the core basics so let's have a think in terms of um, uh, body weight sort of how much did you uh, lose over the course of the competition prep just to give females an idea as to maybe how uh, uh, how much uh, a body weight should potentially change in a, in a diet in a competition prep
1: okay so I'm gonna have to put some disclaimers on this one and um, right my first <laughs> my first prep was like this Total wrong way to do it, and um, I had I won't I won't name names, but I had a, a terrible irresponsible coach, and um, who you know when you hear people giving off about the the real irresponsibility of twelve week transformations, that was me, oh, and yeah. I ended up with oh, some no. real lasting lasting health problems because of it, and um, I I was just like overtrained to death, and. Um, my hormones and a whole adrenal system were a complete mess. And I just thought, yeah, let's prep. Isn't this how it's done? Um, so, yeah, um, that then led me to kind of learn how to do it right. Um, so, But it meant that my starting point this year was totally different because you can imagine okay. the rebound, etc., from that yeah. thing happening. Um, so this prep, I competed at, just over 52 kilograms and I started at 68 <laughs> oh so,
0: wow okay
1: yeah <laughs> um however <laughs> that won't be happening again <laughs> <laughs> because um I think I kind of not that kind of I would have gone okay I need to get to like 68 kilograms like absolutely not um it wasn't enjoyable um but I did let myself kind of let myself go um let myself <laughs> yeah. wander further than i normally would um only because um i needed to fix myself and
0: okay yeah.
1: hormones and that kind of thing was very much a case of right suck it up we're gonna have to go back to a totally different starting point and um, in terms of usual starting points with either my clients or with um Myself, uh, usually, so next time coming into next season, that kind of thing. And um, I would, I don't think it's ever right to put a number on how close you'll stay to stage weight. And um, I think the mirror yeah. is your best friend. And um, the scale should only ever really be used, in my opinion, to make sure you're not massively jumping or not moving at all. And um, mm-hmm. actually, a little bit. Um so, yeah, just to make sure that. Um, as a marker, obviously, alongside tracking your calorie intake and your macros, and um, to make sure that things are consistent-ish. Um, yeah. But yeah, use the mirror as your to track your progress. And um, then, what was what was the other question about prep? Um, starting point. Yeah, it was
0: primarily starting point and the weight change that I wanted to know first. Um yeah. so that's like you answered that perfectly well. Um in terms of what I want to know next is sort of your generic approach to how you would uh, work with nutrition so give yeah. the listeners an idea as to uh, what approach you would take perhaps where calories started and the change in calories comparative to maybe the start calories and the end calories just to give an idea
1: okay so um it depends mainly on um the starting point that we've spoken about but also how much time you've got um i like to prep long um i just think that it's especially again with females um you don't want to rush things you can you can damage your health um and it makes it really, really hard and also really unsustainable. And um, so mm-hmm. calories, where you start, and um, hopefully you should always kind of be starting with an idea of where your maintenance is and um, what okay. you are currently at and hopefully haven't got that as high as you can. And um, mm-hmm. first, up, probably make it. Um, with myself, I'll kind of go for quite a not a massive leap, but maybe say 10 20 percent as a minimum. To begin with and then just see how long you can get out of it don't change until you yep. need to change Um people always say you know what do you do high carb low carb blah 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 it, it doesn't really matter at the beginning it, it doesn't matter and um, the carbs and that kind of thing will only really come into it um, when when you're further in and um, however long you think you'll need you need longer especially if you're a girl who hasn't done it before and nine times out of ten will say how much do you charge for a 12 week prep and we don't we we don't do that um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first year if you are um a first time competitor you'll have an open ended prep um because yep. as we said you know we don't know if you're if you are ready <laughs> or if you need longer building muscle yep. that kind of thing um but yeah you you kind of give yourself longer than you need and absolute worst case scenario you're going to be early ready ready early Pretty early <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> ready, ready. <laughs> ready, ready. yeah definitely um,
1: so and um, that's not going to be a bad thing you can either cruise through or you can compete earlier so um don't pick the last show of the season and give yourself 12 weeks um and drop your calories mm. and try to gain it um you won't you'll, you'll regret it and um, don't give yourself too long either probably um because you don't want to be taking tiny tiny little drops the whole way through because that's tiring and that's exhausting as well Um, and you can kind of lose motivation quite a lot Um, and also be conscious of how low you think you can go and we all know that at the end of a prep you're going to get to a point where your your metabolic rate is so much lower you don't Mm -hmm. want to drive it so far into the ground that you have 18 months before you can eat normally again afterwards, um, which is kind of the situation I ended up in the first time round. around. Um, give yourself kind of a, a cut off and say, right, if I'm going to end up on, say, 14 1,500 calories, um, I, I don't want to be starting much lower than, say, 2,200, because where am I going to go? Um yeah, and I'd say, yeah, carbs and fats not really being relevant until you're further in. Just try and just go with it to begin with. That's a, probably a good mm-hmm. tip for females. You you know you start looking for daily changes and um, am I hungry? Am I hungry enough? Has my appetite gone? Am I am I training enough? Am I doing enough cardio? Am I kind of just just chill out, <laughs> see how you go. <laughs> right. Leave the stress for later on.
0: Yep, definitely like really really good advice there in terms of how to drop calories how to sort of continue progressing and I think that you know a lot of the time people make mistakes in terms of yeah wanting to rush and get it over and done with and I'm exactly the same with you from from the sort of the 12 week standpoint I I just just with my coaching it's like you you come on board you and it's monthly it's like you just pay monthly that's it and um, you know that's the best way to operate in terms of you know both allowing the competitor to have as long as they need and also just guaranteeing that they're going to be ready and also healthy at the end of the process rather than sort of you know coming to, to people 12 weeks out saying you know I want to do a show and it's 12 weeks out so I'm going to pay for your package now and you know quite a lot of the time you won't have enough time or or you'll have to rush and that just doesn't suit well for coaching at all um, so yeah if I totally
1: agree if a coach is selling a a twelve or fourteen or sixteen week uh, prep program, whatever you want to call it, um, and it's it's online and the price is advertised and they've never met you and they don't know what you look like compared to what someone else looks like. They don't know what you're eating, what you've eaten for the last year. It, there's something very very wrong with that. So if you have gone and signed up or you're considering going to sign up for you know twelve weeks with such and such a coach and. Um, just be aware that they—they are not going to have your best interests at heart if that's—if that's what the way they're advertising their services—and um, it, it's not something to play about this because it, it can cause a lot of harm.
0: Yeah, as as you know full well. So yeah, very good advice there, and I think that it is—it is a serious topic. So definitely something that needs to be noted. Um, okay, so. Finally, just wanted to give maybe the females out there just a little bit of an idea as to uh, how someone who competes and Train Figure trains with weights like right now so obviously you're sort of in a in a growing growing phase a gaining phase an off-season whatever you want to call it um yeah. so give us an a, maybe just an idea as to your week of of training um and and how it maybe maybe changes or, or does it stay the same just give us an idea of, of your current week of training just for an insight
1: current week of training so at the minute i i competed about was it like four and a half five weeks ago um so at the minute i wanted when you come when you first compete um you you come off stage and your motivation's like sky high and you're like i am going to lift all the weights all the time and you can't stop me and i'm going to be the strongest mm-hmm. and you've got to pace yourself you've got to because your body needs to recover so at the minute i'm really kind of dying to like push the weight on everything and um, but i'm I'm working at percentages that are safe for me while still kind of building my strength back up. Um, I'm always yep. strength focused, so I kind of have my split at the minute. It's I've got two lower days. Um, my training is focused around my compound movements rather than body parts, okay. so, uh, although it obviously works out kind of body part way anyway. Um, so I've got yep. two lower days, um, so one is squats, one is deadlifts, and then I've got two upper days, okay. and I have a conditioning day. And each session is under an hour. um, And yeah, that's, that's, I like to kind of re include quite a bit of, um, I always say to my boyfriend coach that um, I want to be as athletic as I can be. So we've got my conditioning day that's very much focused on kind of being athletic, being, um, keeping my, yeah, my conditioning good, I guess. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah um i don't do any cardio outside of that um
0: okay
1: yeah i think that's
0: it did you did you do cardio when prepping out of interest or did you track steps or you know give us an idea as to maybe how you increased expenditure it's just a question that's come up at the top of my head
1: yeah i am um, so i track steps every day anyway um i aim for the yep. you know, everyone i think does the ten 10 10k on prep, I I actually find during prep towards the end I have to be careful not to go over that too much because again <laughs> competitive natures you've kind of got to it becomes this competition with yourself your steps and I'm like ooh if I walk to the shop now I can get twelve thousand today and at the end of prep <laughs> you've got to sure energy you've got you've got to stop doing that and I needed to flop on the wrist a few times of that and um, cardio wise during prep I. Started off with none, um, and then when it came to the point where I needed to make another calorie reduction, I introduced some HIT. And after a while, I didn't really recover very well from HIT, so I dropped that out and replaced it with steady state, um, and that was just incline walking um, on the treadmill. And then after that, what did I do? Yeah, I, yeah, I brought in barbell complexes, actually, um, which I guess is kind of another form of hit, um, and yep, yep, brought yep. them in, um, just very lightweight, um, high intensity stuff, and okay. um, did that maybe like once, twice a week, um, and just made sure it wasn't effective recovery. And then I dropped cardio altogether about the last four weeks, just to try and stay alive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool that's um okay that's really good insight as to sort of how you increase expenditure so it doesn't sound like you were doing uh, crazy amounts and you know plenty of the time you hear you know people doing especially females sort of doing an hour of lists in the morning an hour of lists in the evening and once after cardio it's like it's the whole the whole day is spent doing lists (laughs) and it's like ridiculous so it's it's refreshing to hear that you were doing sort of different forms of cardios, tracking steps, and um, the importance of that, I think, is, is definitely um, seen upon a, a, a bit more recently with, with sort of strep tra- step trackers and stuff, so um, yeah, definitely a cool cool approach. Um, one thing I, would, I just want to touch on prior to sort of my final question is maybe perhaps um, with your prep last year, I know that you definitely had one big challenge, um, but maybe just it might be that one itself, but what was the biggest uh, sort of challenge you had uh, during your competition prep and uh, potentially also go over how you overcame that specific challenge?
1: Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, you've got it in one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I think I was 11 days away. I prepped for, all together, it was like 35 weeks to the finals, so 30 yeah. weeks to the qualifier, and 11 days out I got shingles (laughs) Um, which for anyone who doesn't know means like a massive blistering rash across your in my case back and you also feel like death um, and can't do very much at all so my timing was impeccable um, and I felt phenomenal and I'm not being sarcastic at all (laughs) yeah it was it was crap Um, and I how did I over, I obviously instantly thought, being the fatalist that I am, well, that's it, PrEP's over, and that's it, I'm not competing. Um, and then kind of took a view that, right, what got us here? And um, shingles is a virus, um, I'll not go into that too much, but um, it can it lies in your system, and it can come out when your immune system is compromised for any reason, like PrEP. Um, so... <laughs> kind of thought, well, what is it about prep that has potentially brought this out and caused this to happen? And I thought, right, I'm, I'm very lean. Um, we had just been to London for the weekend, and it was when that massive heat wave happened in August. Okay. And we yeah. had walked. I think we were hitting like 25,000, 30,000 steps a day. I wasn't training, but my nutrition had stayed exactly the same. So I'd driven myself into even more of a deficit. I'd had a massive week of cramming in my training before we went to London um, to try and, you know, yeah. to make it count <laughs> with hindsight. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I should have upped my calories or dropped my steps in London um, and I should have just focused a little bit more on recovery. We got back from London a few days later, it was like, bam, I feel awful. And then all of a sudden I had shingles. So mm. I, we sat down and thought, OK, I've got here because I've done too much it's a bit late now to undo that but what I need to do is absolutely nothing and it was the hardest thing because I had by the time I was better I was four days out and I couldn't in that time I didn't pose I didn't train I my step count was about 2,000 a day I couldn't do a thing The water retention, obviously, when you get sick is horrendous, so I was like, well, I'm obese, so I'm not competing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, obviously, I felt that, so then I was like, well, I need to go to the the gym, I need to go to the gym right now, Um, at least let me do cardio, please, Adam, please let me do something, Mm. Um, and it was just a big fat no. on top of that, I increased my calories massively, um, Mm. because, again, recovery, what is food? it is fuel at the end of the day and I knew okay even though my head's going deep down I know that I am stage ready lean I am and at eating at maintenance for the next few days is not going to change that regardless of whether I'm training or not so I kind of had to channel my the, the small sensible part of me into going okay mm-hmm. I need to do and it worked and I dropped weight in that week and stood on wow. stage in probably better condition than I'd ever been in before and um, better condition than I would have been in 100% if I tried to crack on Um, wow. I think I would have got on stage anyway knowing me I probably would have Um, but I wouldn't I would have looked terrible and felt worse and um, yeah I think sometimes knowing that less is more not just in prep but especially for girls Um, if you're trying to reach any kind of physique related goal and less is more and you can't achieve anything without your health so if you're healthy you perform better if you're healthy your body turns things over better i.e it will burn fat more efficiently it will build muscle more efficiently so prioritize your health everything else will fall into place
0: yeah um, i think that's Superb advice in terms of sort of both dealing with with that sort of issue. I mean, I hope that no other female sort of gets to that gets to that stage. But I think that you know the main take home from that is that you know more more isn't always better, and the fact that you were pushing so hard did sort of. Uh, push you that that little bit over the edge, and it's so easy to do when you're lean, and and people don't realise that, especially. But you know, I, th- I don't I don't think there's there's many people out there that are getting as lean as you, especially as females. So, um, but I think yeah, the generic advice there is is to sort of just beware of your health and and just put that first when it comes to prepping, because I I, I imagine that a lot of females, even females that that sort of don't get as lean. But they still sort of their nutritional approach is is damaging in the long term, and I think that that's something that needs to be put first.
1: With your nutrition as well, it's so easy for us to look at something as not even just nutrition, but supplements. You'll look at something and go, "Will it help me burn fat?" And that shouldn't be the question. It's, "Will it benefit my health?" So, like vitamin C, most body just take it because it's it helps you it's a natural diuretic so it'll get rid of water yeah. retention why not look at vitamin c for everything else that it does um same with yeah. like vitamin c. uh just people won't take a supplement if it isn't known as a fat burning supplement but what if it's a multivitamin that keeps you healthy through prep and prep is yeah. your fat burning supplement if you look at it that way
0: exactly yeah 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 yeah, I think great advice there in, in terms of that. And, yeah, people putting their health first needs to be a priority and, and definitely hum, so, hum, something I hope to see like in the future. Just more people putting their health first rather than uh, the physique. So, yeah. um. So, last question, Emma. I want you to sort of maybe round up uh, your advice for potentially things that females should initially uh, avoid uh, when when sort of getting into weight training getting into competing just give give maybe your top two things that that females should potentially avoid uh, when initially getting into things both competing and just generically in the gym
1: okay so competing um actually no this is for both of them yeah um mm-hmm. avoid doing anything for the wrong reason so don't Go to the gym as a punishment for eating food. Don't compete because you want uh, to a really good picture for Instagram um, or because everybody else does it. Even if you love the gym and you're in great shape, don't compete because people go, wow, you're you're in really good shape. Why don't you compete? If you don't want to compete, don't do it. Um, what else to avoid? Um, anything that promises a quick fix tempting as it it is to everyone and not just in in this sense but with anything we want things and we want them right now and but it's a cliche but nothing worth having ever comes easy and if someone is promising you the world in 48 hours you're not going to get the world you're going to get something really bad and crap that will (laughs)
0: not enrich Mm your
1: way so if you've got you know a someone that you don't know much about in terms of their qualifications or their their knowledge promising that they can get you on stage in eight weeks. Don't don't do it. Shop around. Um, and don't avoid if if I can say that, I know it's kinda like the opposite of what you've asked, but don't avoid mm-hmm. um the the really the, the basics. So your your compound movements and eating properly. Don't don't avoid
0: those make yep. them your priority yeah hundred percent agreed um so yeah, great tips there again Emma and in terms of uh, your sort of plans moving forwards um in terms of maybe next year what what do we expect to see from yourself if if sort of listeners pick up on you and, and follow you through this then what do we expect to see from from you in the future and give us an idea as to as to what we expect
1: okay, so um I try and stray away from calling off-season off-season i like to think of it as pre-season or real life and yeah. um, to me your off-season isn't your prep isn't an on and off switch i always bang on about that and yeah. uh, it's not an on and off switch so for me off-season right now is my prep for next year already it's just the part of it that isn't a deficit so um yep. i plan to step back on stage with the uk dfba next year um I placed third at the UK and in International this year so I'd like to beat that next year. Um mm-hmm. hopefully this year will be the year. Um I know you're coming back yeah. as well. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. Get- yeah, I'm uh, be
1: good. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that that's, that's it really. Um just kind of being healthy, enjoying it and um hopefully getting back on stage and having some fun.
0: Yeah, cool, awesome. Well, um, final thing we need to just do is basically give uh, listeners somewhere to follow you, like your Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, and also sort of A M performance as well. Just mentioned that, um, and yeah, just just tell people where to go and follow you.
1: Okay, so I'm probably most active on Instagram, and um, my username on Instagram is SmileyM underscore A M P. The A M P is okay. AM- Performance, um, and you can find myself and my boyfriend Adam Martin, hence the AM performance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we run this place, um, AM mm-hmm. Performance in Liverpool. So uh, you can find us on Facebook or at www.amperformance.co.uk. Um, and yeah, that's cool. it, really. Think.
0: Cool, wicked. Well, um, Emma, really, really appreciate you coming onto the podcast giving away your uh, your female tips and uh, knowledge and i'm sure that so many females will benefit from this i'll, I'll hopefully we'll, we'll share this in all the relevant places and it'll get listened to by by some people that potentially are competing next year and should hopefully save some people from from yet yeah, doing the wrong things but but also doing doing the right things as well and, and getting into the best condition of, of their lives so yeah really appreciate it emma so thank you very much
1: thank you very much for having me
0: That's all right. Cool, cool. So, yeah, thanks again for uh, listening, guys, to episode 18. Um, So if you are on iTunes, then please give us a review. Uh, Likewise, if you are on YouTube, uh, give it a like and subscribe for future episodes. And, uh, yeah, I will see you back for episode 19. Thank you.